Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Live Boldly with Sarah, a guide through trauma, personal healing, growth, and discovery leading to the ultimate life of joy, mental wellness, and less fear. As a single mother, certified coach in transitional change and adventure, I will share my personal traumas and help you with steps to be free of whatever internal or external chains are keeping you from enjoying this life. My guests and I go beyond the typical conversation as they share their inspirational journeys. And every other week, I bring you my solo episodes where I highlight issues or ahas that I know you are going through too. From relationships, aspirations that have seemed impossible, motherhood, friendships, work, transitions, inertia, depression, my wish is this forum can help you through all of this and more. My mission is to create a supportive community and connection that empowers each one of you to love yourself and believe your right to live boldly. Hey everyone, welcome. This is going to be an incredibly enlightening conversation on the Live Boldly podcast today. Um, Dr. Nay, I am excited to have you on this podcast with us. Everybody grab your journals. This is a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Enlightening, definitely going to be a fun conversation because I don't do anything unless it's fun and extremely educational. So I want you first of all, to introduce yourself, who are you? And we're going to be diving into everything from trauma bonds to story that brought you to where you are. We're going to be talking about relationships, just so much stuff. But let's have you introduce yourself, please. Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here because I love sharing this information because it's just so necessary and relevant for women everywhere. And so I, the reason, so I'm a therapist, I'm a licensed manager and family therapist. And my road to becoming a therapist was pretty bumpy. It was not a straight linear path. That's for sure. And I grew up in Brooklyn in the seventies with a mother who was super psychological and very into my feelings. And she was reading Freud. And so I grew up in a very progressive household when it came to psychology and therapy, but Again, she was a single mom, so I needed money to live as I was leaving the nest. And I decided to become a model in um, the 1980s in Manhattan because I needed money. And so I was modeling, having fun in the city, running around the city, going to Studio 54, making my own way in the world. I'm about 2021 20, here. And it I had a boyfriend at the time who decided to invite me to a party in the Hamptons where I met my ex-husband, Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. Wow. So that was an evening that changed my life forever. Wow. And I told you before, when we just jumped in, that your story, like I remember watching that movie and thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like how how does one, and we're going to be talking about victim blaming, like we're going to be talking about all that stuff. But how does this happen? And the wild thing, like I shared with you, is that coming out of my marriage, there was a whole other double life happening that I also didn't know about. 
And so for me to be sitting here having this conversation with you and me remembering when I watched that movie, thinking to myself, damn, how did, how does, like, how does that happen? And then I lived my own version of something that I also didn't know, right? Like had no idea. Uh, right. So let's dive. Let's dive. So this is your time. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and that's an important point because, you know, a lot of times, or even who's ever listening, like you don't know that you're in this sort of relationship until you really get it. And when I met my ex-husband, he was, um, you know, he was married at the time, even though he presented to me that he was separated. Right. And so he saw me at this party, the party was crazy because they were all whacked out on quaaludes and somebody did expose themselves to me like they do in the movie. And so I left the party because I was terrorized by that at 22. It was, but then he decided to pursue me and pursue me. And finally, we did have a date because he made somebody $15,000 in the stock market to get them to go to set us up on a date. But it wasn't a date. She came to. Oh. So initially, from the very beginning, he's controlling the whole thing unbeknownst to me. I just think I'm meeting a girlfriend for dinner. And he shows up and we have dinner and we don't really start to go out probably till a few months later because I'm going to um, Chicago at the time to model. And then we go on our first date and then that was it. Six months later, we were engaged. Six months later, we were married because what I didn't know was he was coercively controlling me. Right. And he's already starting with the threats. If you don't marry me, I'm not going to date you. If you don't um, have kids, I'm not going to marry you. Right. So all the dominating, threatening behavior was already happening. But back then, nobody was talking about narcissism or trauma bonds. And I was just like, oh, this guy just must be so in love with me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Here's the thing for everybody listening. I know that she and I are laughing. Uh, it t- let's take this. Let's also understand that we've been Sorry. through, we've been through the very, very serious depth of these relationships. And if, if when people hear me laugh, it's only because I promise you that there is light on the other side of these. I promise you yes. it's doing the work and actually, and that's, that's the key part of this is that you've done the work, which is what also brought you into this profession yeah. and I've done the work yeah. which brought me into my profession because I right. know what it's like to sit here thinking, how did I get here? How did yeah. I get here? Right. And how right. did someone else write the narrative of your life? Like yeah. ultimately the, your narrative of your life was written by somebody else. Same with mine. On the other side of that is the empowerment to write your own narrative. So yeah. let's keep yeah. going. So this happened. Yeah. So he, so he was so you know he was crazy. He was so wealthy. We you know I thought we were madly in love, and our life was an extreme life as you see in the movie. But our life was so extreme. So I thought to myself, I have to get myself into therapy. There is no way I can handle this man, this life. I grew up poor in Brooklyn. I didn't know how to deal with the staff, how to deal with a big house. And, and he was just out of control. So I went to therapy mm-hmm. and I believe that therapy is what saved me and allowed me to manage. I'm not great, but at least live through and survive that life. There was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of drug addiction. And again, tons of course of control. I, I could not be my own person. And I'm not 
you know, and I'm a very strong woman in the sense that I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm not, I wasn't very meek, but I was no match for him. I was no match for his cruelty and his controlling ways. And so finally I did leave him. Um, we had one horrible uh, experience when I, when I said to him, you have to get sober, I'm leaving you. And that's when he got very violent with me and threw my clothing and joy into the fireplace, lit them on fire. And the one scene in the movie where you see him drive my daughter into a wall, that was that sign. And then a year later was when um, he got arrested. And I finally said, okay, that's it. That's my ticket to ride. I'm out. Because he was finally the government's problem. You know, and like a lot of people, like not men on the internet, like you left him once he lost everything. I was like, no, I left him because I was emotionally, verbally and psychologically abused and manipulated for eight years. And I finally had the chance to leave because he was, I was now safe. He had an ankle bracelet. Right. And so that I knew that that was my window and I left. So for those that don't know, because I do have a lot of younger people mm -hmm. that probably don't know this whole story, don't know this movie. Can you just give me a very quick, because I don't want to make it about him. Yeah. Quick. Uh, who is he? Who yeah, is, so, is the so, Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, so Jordan Belfort, you know, was my ex-husband, the Wolf of Wall Street. He grew up in Queens, very bright young man, and made it big in the stock market at a young age. And then did a lot of drugs, did a lot of shady things on Wall Street. And the power got to him and arrested. Yeah. And he went away for 22 months, I think. And then he's very, he's what we would call a grandiose narcissist. So he has a lot of agency. And he's going to make things happen in the world. And while he was in jail, he wrote the book, The Wolf of Wall Street. And then he got it made into a movie. I mean, who would... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I hear. I hear yeah. you, sister. I hear you. I totally hear yeah. you. Yeah, well, and so yeah, and so then what happened is I left him and I moved to California to be with my current husband and my two children because I didn't want my children to carry that legacy in New York. Then we got a whole fresh start, and then at thirty nine, I went back to school to become a therapist, which is so amazing, and I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, what it is to take your story and to evolve it into helping other people. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is that when I went back to school to be a therapist, he had just written the book. I had no idea that this was, you know, when, when you're a young girl, you don't think to yourself, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be a trauma bond whisperer. Nobody thinks that to themselves. Like this was not the future I had plans for myself, but he wrote the book. And then as I was getting my doctorate, he made the movie. and. I just was like, oh my God, who's going to want to come to me as a therapist? But that's not really what happened. People did want to come because they Googled me and found out who I was because I didn't allow them to use my name just on principle because it wasn't my narrative. I had no input and I made no money and people wanted to come to me. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that was a nice surprise. So I, I always tell people the things that we end up worrying about usually don't end up being much to worry about. And I, when the movie came out, honestly, I surrendered. I never spoke about the movie or my life with him when the movie came out. And I just surrendered. And I said, you know, Nadine, that this is bigger than you. Now, again, I had no idea that there was a book coming. But then in my practice, there were so many smart, beautiful, kind women coming in with the same story. 
That's why it's important to share that right there. It's like why it's so important to share the story. And it can be hard. It can be very difficult. I know because I've had to go through it myself. And sometimes the internet and different people love to spin the story to make it more provocative for themselves. Uh, That's just what happens. And you know your story. And those people that need you are going to find you because you have walked the journey that they are now on. Yes. And that's the most beautiful thing. And I think that that, you know, I don't know how if you found this too, but for me, it's only allowed me to stand more in my integrity and my resilience and who I am as a woman and how I want to live this part of my life out. Because it's there's just when you've been through that trauma and that bond, you never want to step back into that again. You've been there. You never do. And it's yeah. just such a beautiful gift for you to be sharing this with the world. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Again, I did no idea, but what happened is all these women were coming in and well, I went to academics. So I was like, let me go back to the research. And I just started to research and research. I mean, my family would laugh at me. I mean, I'd research papers with coffee stains and food. I mean, I would carry them with me whenever I traveled because I was just determined to figure it out. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done is write this book because I'm weaving trauma bond couples in with the clinical material to make it come alive. Hmm. Um, I, it's something I I have to explain this. It's comes for me, but it doesn't. I get that. Oh, I so understand that. I so understand that. Dive more into what you mean by this. Yeah, like it comes from me, but it doesn't. It's like I'm a vessel for the material because when I read it, I'm like, I wrote that. Uh, You know, so, but it's just, it it just, I guess it was the right time. I had the right um, engine. I had the wolf engine Mm -hmm. to support it. And it just, it's bigger than me. It just, it's, it's, it's time for this narrative to be expressed and shared that women are never, ever responsible for the abuse that they endure. So tell us about this book. Tell us about this. I've I've seen it. I'm reading it. It's amazing. It's so good. And I love, I love the way, I love the way that you write. And that's, I totally understand that where you're like, reading your own book going, did I, I wrote this? I, wow. Okay. I totally get it. So tell us about it. Yeah. So, so the book, so I I really wanted to understand what a trauma bond is. And so the book initially, first of all, there are trigger warnings throughout the book because there are stories that are real and triggering, right? So I have breathing exercises and grounding exercises to put the book aside if it gets too much, but the book explains what a trauma bond is. Right. Initially. And um, and then it explains the personalities of pathological person and the female. And then it explains how to leave or escape safely. It explains the trauma symptoms that you get because it is a trauma bond and it is an overwhelming relationship. And then most importantly, how to heal because healing is possible. And the research shows victims of emotional, psychological, and even physical abuse within a partnership, 75% of them go on to have post-traumatic growth, Mm -hmm. right? So we know that this is the research that says that we can all grow from this. I know it doesn't feel like that when you're in it, 
but we can. But we can. The name of the book is Run Like Hell, which yeah. could not be more uh, perfect. <laughs> it's like, just run like hell, people. Run like hell. I know many of my, I know many people that I'm very, that's very close to me that listen to this podcast. And I'm literally like in my head going, oh, I know that one's laughing. That one's laughing. That one's laughing. Because it's yeah. true, like run like hell. So tell us, did you, so you didn't know that you had trauma bond going on during this whole time. I didn't oh. even, I had no idea what it was. I, didn't, I remember sitting in my therapist's office and she was like, you got to set better boundaries. And I'm like, what's a boundary? I don't even know. <laughs> I had no yeah, idea. No, I had no idea. And because back then he was such a severe addict, they were like, he's an addict, you're codependent. Yeah. And you know, being a self-reflective person, it's like, oh, I'm codependent. I got to heal myself. I got to heal myself. But but now that I've done all this research, sure, did I have some maybe traits of codependency, but it's not even a di- diagnosis in the in the med- in, in therapeutic fields. But I knew there was something more there. Like I wasn't just like, there had to be something more there. And I don't have learned helplessness. I'm not a love addict. Like all these labels that we give women because they simply fall in love with an abusive person, it's putting the shame on them. And that doesn't mean that we all don't have things to learn about ourselves and learn about your attachment styles and your personality traits and learn about behavioral patterns. But I just knew that it wasn't that simple that he was an addict and I was codependent. Nobody was talking about this back then. Right, right. I had the same thing. Really like in the woods on my own. I had the same thing calling me a codependent and man, did that make me mad? I was not happy. Like, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a codependent. I, I didn't know what was going. I had no idea for me. I had no idea it was going yeah. on. Yeah. So tell us about what trauma bonds from a therapeutic standpoint. Yeah. So, so what yeah, is, so, so for a trauma bond to exist, you have to have two conditions for it to really be a trauma bond. And the first one is intermittent abuse which is like in the beginning, they're so lovely and charming and generous and helpful and kind or love bombing, as we say. But then the mask falls and they become cruel, controlling, manipulative, betraying. And so it's the extreme behaviors that cause extreme experiences inside of us that actually bond us to the person. So there's research that from animal trainers that when an animal trainer uses intermittent abuse, the animal bonds to the trainer 230% more than straight kindness. Wow. I didn't know that. Neither did I. So I tried to do chills. Yeah. Wow. Are you looking to bring a little more happiness into your life or want to learn how to step outside your comfort zone? Guess what? Our digital downloadable programs are only $39 just for a limited time. Go grab Unstuck and Free, How to Live Outside Your Comfort Zone, filmed in the mountains of Southern California, Mount Baldy to be exact, my favorite mountain, or go grab Seven Steps to Happiness. This is filmed on the High Sierra Loop in Yosemite National Park. Incredible, incredible visuals. These programs will take you to that next step and rise you into living your best life. Use the coupon code LIVEBOLDLY at checkout, L-I-V-E-B-O-L-D-L-Y. Go grab them, sarahshiltoncrans.com, underneath more and digital programs. So, so you have to have the intermittent abuse. Then you also have to have a power imbalance. And a power imbalance can be created two ways, more than two ways, but 
Somebody has a lot more resources. Somebody has a lot more decision-making capacity in the relationship because they have more resources or somebody has power over you because they've been threatening, dominating, intimidating, and you fear them. So, or you can have somebody can have power over you because you emotionally depend on them and they abuse the power. Mm-hmm. So, so there has to be a power imbalance and intermittent abuse. And those two conditions have to be there for the trauma bonds to exist, which I had both of those in like majorly. No time. How can this actually, if you, when we're talking about trauma bonding, can this be something that you can also have outside of intimate relationships? Because he was obviously working, he using your ex-husband as an example here, he was using, he was working in Wall Street. He had many, many relationships and many yes. people under him and many yeah. people that he had control over. So mm-hmm. is it possible to be having that trauma bond with others? And what does that look like? How does that look differently with those that you work with versus that intimate relationship that you might yeah. have with your spouse or partner? Yeah, you can have it with a friend for sure. You can have it with a boss and a and a, and a coworker. Um, it really kind of manifests the same way as just probably not doesn't feel quite as intense, but it's it's very similar. You know, maybe the the experiences of extreme kindness and love and abuse aren't as extreme, but. Yeah, it can certainly happen in every relationship and it kind of looks the same. I just think a person, a pathological person behind closed doors can even become more extreme. Right, right, right. I would imagine that in his situation, he had many going on at one time. Yes, that's very important. I am sure he did. And how does that feed their own ego or their own narcissistic behavior or their own pathological lying or you know whatever the way i I describe this person is that this person this pathological person will use lie betray and exploit and deceive anyone to get their needs met for money power pleasure and status that's simple that's very simple that's how you have to think about it right so at the bottom of that is they manipulate they control they deceive they lie they betray to get all their needs met Mm-hmm. And then when they're done with you, they just move on to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Which also then goes into the victim blaming and shaming and that people yes. tend to put on to the victims. Right. Right. And then the ironic part is that a lot of times they claim to be victim. Right. They like they like to be a victim. They like to elicit empathy in their partners or, you know, twist the tables and you're the one who made me cheat because you didn't give me enough attention or, you know, like, it's like we're responsible for their behavior and they're our victim. And that's, so there's a lot of, so there's all the the gaslighting too. You didn't see me do that. I didn't do that. You know, lying right to your face and denying reality, even when you know it's true. So there's a lot of psychological mind games. And the thing that I want to just point out, and I'm coming back to this again, is that this is not simply in an intimate relationship. I remember hiking with one of my dear friends and I was talking to him about gaslighting. And this was way in the back in the day when I started first getting into this work. And I was explaining to him what it was. And he just, I remember him stopping and turning around and looking at me and he's like, 
I think that's what's going on with my boss and me. I have never heard this term before. This is this is wild. And then once he understood what it was, it gave him a better understanding of what was happening within that relationship with his boss. And he eventually got out of that relationship and moved on because he's like, I get now why I feel so like I'm going crazy in this in yeah. this career. And ultimately, when you're in a position, when you have somebody in a position of power that is doing this to you, sometimes we don't even understand how quickly that it can erode who we are until all of a sudden we're down below going, what just yes. happened? And we got to get out of that. It might be even a career that you're in right now that you're like, yes. I'm not happy and I don't know why. Well, guess what? This might have something to do with it. Yeah. And, and that leads into the cognitive dissonance that we spoke about. So if you think about it, like sometimes if your friend, for example, maybe sometimes his boss was really nice. Maybe sometimes he gave him a bonus, but maybe he'd come in and scream and curse at him and yell at him for not getting a job done and say, I never did that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's the extreme behaviors of the good and the, uh, and the, of the good and the bad that your brain starts to think, is he good or is he bad? Am I good or bad? Is the relationship good or bad? Am I crazy or is he crazy? And so that's the cognitive dissonance is the mental discomfort from holding two contradicting beliefs. And so if you think about it, you can have cognitive dissonance about him, about you. Like, why am I behaving like this? This isn't in alignment with my values and about the relationship. And so you have six different thoughts, always ping ponging, and you're totally confused and you can't think straight. And that's the glue. Right. Because then cognitive dissonance also, well, he was so nice in the beginning, maybe he's just having a bad day. And then you get hopeful. This is so fascinating. I'm going back to my like early days yeah. of teaching when I, and I, I mean, this is this type of stuff that I do know and I like, but it's just having this conversation with you and just keeping me going back to watching the movie. It's just like, wow, this is just wild. But I remember mm-hmm. my own days having these, having bosses and, you know, where I'm like, am I crazy? What is going on here? Yeah. And it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't me. Right. And, and that's, why, that's why I wrote the book, because I wanted to take the research out of the ivory tower and bring it to everybody and be like, if you can name it, you can tame it. If you can see it, you know what's coming for you. And you can, you can, I say education leads to empowerment because it does. You don't have to take it. You're like, no, that's gaslighting. You're bullshitting me. I'm out. Did you ever sit there and just like, you're a very, very smart woman. Clearly. <laughs> you're a very, very smart woman. And yeah. you came from a household. I'm assuming yeah. I'm, I'm making an assumption where this yeah. was probably not found ever. This wasn't like, no, you know, and, and you get into this relationship. Did you ever just sit there and go, how the hell did this happen? You know, a lot of times I would just sit there and be like, what is happening? Yes. I had no idea what was happening, but in my gut, I knew it was wrong, but I had no words and I had, my therapist wasn't even talking to me about it. She was helping me manage, but she wasn't educating me. Like I educate my patients. It was a different time. And I just would be like, what the hell is happening? But I just knew it was wrong. I knew I was scared. That's I want to I want to touch on something that you just said. She was she was not educating you, you but you were teaching. It was like teaching you to manage it, yes. and managing is not healthy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I want everybody to understand this, okay? 
Educating yourself to create better is healthy, but managing is exhausting and it will eventually possibly kill you. So managing is good. No, and she, and I I say that because I don't even know if I would have lived without her. Yeah, right. You know, but that was what therapy was back then. Right. Just, we weren't having these conversations. I mean, even today, therapists are still gaslighting their own patients. Oh, I, I do know that. Yes. Right. So many women come and say to me, I mean, we know it takes a woman four to seven times to leave this type of relationship because there is maybe you have kids, maybe you have financial dependency, maybe you really do terribly feel like I did. Um, these, and there's very deep psychological complex concepts that takes a long time to leave. Yeah. And you can't shame people for going back. How do you know? And I know we're kind of like skipping all over the place with this, yeah. this as well, but yeah. And yet not, how do you know, uh, we talked about pathological liars. Yeah. Versus narcissism. Yeah. How do you, how do you just, how do you tell the difference? How do you know? Yeah. Which, well, well, see, so I don't call the person in this trauma bond, just a narcissist because narcissism is the lightest of the personality traits. So, because narcissists are very self-absorbed, grandiose, entitled people that will certainly use you. But a pathological lover is different. It includes narcissism, antisocial personality disorder, borderline histrionic. Those are the cluster B personality disorders, plus something called the dark tetrad, which has psychopathy, sadism, and Machiavellianism. Because a person like this is very manipulative, which is the Machiavellian part. The psychopathic part can be the part that's highly insensitive, very emotionally shallow. They really can't attach to people. And sadism is not everybody who's a pathological person is a sadist, meaning they actually get pleasure over seeing people that they know hurt. But then they usually have a mood disorder like bipolar, depression, or anxiety, they usually have impulsive issues. They're highly impulsive. And they can usually have um, a compulsive process disorder, like sex or gambling Mm. and substance use. Let's not forget substance abuse. So when you see like the person is much more than just an entitled person who's likes their self-image and is grandiose. So, and not every single pathological lover has all of these things, but they usually have like a kaleidoscope of these traits. And so that's why I break it down in chapter two, is he twisted or tender, which was really hard and dark to write about this person, but they're simply not just a narcissist. Right. There, I mean, this a situation like this, we're talking way deeper. Way I'm going to ask you something that I get asked a lot which is how did you ever find the bravery and the courage to speak your story? And were you ever afraid for your own safety or, you know, what what the backlash? Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, so, so he did me a favor in the fact that he wrote a book and made a movie. (sighs) Ironically, you know, and again, I didn't say I didn't say anything when the movie came out. Again, I wish I could say it was this calculated person. It just didn't hit me to say anything. I had nothing to say. Ten years later, 
after I've done all my research and my kids are older, right? That's a big piece of it too. And I'm a lot more educated. I just slow, I did it slowly. I think, you know, I, I went nice and slow and every day I felt a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more comfortable. And, you know, he wasn't so happy, but I was like, listen, you wrote a book and made a movie. Yeah. And, I get to talk about my experience of it. And what I want to do is help educate and empower women. Yeah. It is interesting though, how many, well, it's not even interesting. It's, it's hard for me to see so many people that absolutely refuse to speak their truth. And it's, because of whatever reason, fear, because they're still being coerced because of whatever it is. And a part of speaking your truth is what sets you free from the past. Yeah. And you have, you know, and as long as it's true, it's not defamation. Right, 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 right. So, exactly. And I'm not doing this to defame my ex-husband. I mean, I have two kids with him. I share grandchilds with him. It's simply this that was his narrative. This is my narrative. And it's okay. Are you, can you speak with him today? Is there any tour? Yeah, good. Wow. Good for yeah. you. Yes. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, we always made a choice to get along because of the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's, that's super important. We're on speaking terms too. So it's, um, it's definitely, it's necessity. Like your kids need that. Kids need that for sure. And with boundaries, like, with boundaries, my friends, with yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with boundaries. Now we had our moments back then, you know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of shit, but at the end of the day, we always came together for the kids. Yeah. So what else can we touch on that has been super helpful for your clients when it comes to this type sure. of work? So um, in my fourth chapter, I talk about the personality traits of the women. So this goes into my disdain for calling women like this, having learned helplessness. Back one time I was on a Zoom with a divorce coach, divorce lawyer, and my patient. And the divorce coach said to my patient, I well, I know you have learned helplessness. I said, did you just tell my patient she has learned helplessness? I was like, don't you dare. Right. So learned helplessness, codependency, love addict. Da, 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 da. So this chapter goes back to the research. In 2018, I read this book called Women Who Love Psychopaths. I had her on my podcast. She's, She's awesome. amazing. She's just She's amazing. amazing. And that's where a lot of my research comes from. And she wrote this book. And when I read it and she explained the personality traits of the women, a lot of the women that ends up in these relationships, I was blown away because it was me. And there's a personality trait test and it measures um, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, neuroticism, and agreeableness. And her research showed that women that score very high in agreeableness and conscientiousness are perfect prey. And I score very high in both. And so when you score high in agreeableness, just means you're loyal, trusting, kind, tolerant, and if you score high in conscientiousness, it means you're very driven and organized and deliberate, and you'll do anything to make anything work. Yeah. So if a woman comes to me and I give every single person who comes to me the assessment, you can take it. It's on my website if you want. Um, and I show them 
a lot of them have this and a lot of them have different personality traits. Some of them have more developmental trauma, some of them a little bit more dependent, but either way, they learn their personality traits and they learn about themselves. And I'm not going to therapize a woman to be, I'm, I'm not going to say to her, don't be loyal, don't be tolerant, don't be kind, don't be patient. Th those aren't things I'm going to tell her not to do, but in the hands of the wrong person, they're weaponized. Right, right, right. That to me, when I read that, that was the, the most freeing research I ever read. Yeah. I'm so grateful to her for doing that. Yeah. I, when I had her on my podcast and we were going through all of that, Dr. Sandra Brown is who we're talking yeah, about. Dr. Sandra and Brown. it was fascinating, the conversation that we had around all of that. Yes. Yes. And she's not a doctor, actually. She created, she corrected me. She's like, Nadine, it's Sandra L. Brown. Because I'm yeah. pretty but I was like, so I want to honor what she said, but yeah, she's, she's a genius. And she started that research in 2007. She was getting all these patients in and she was like, these women are lawyers and judges and doctors, and they're not fitting the, the model that she was taught about domestic violence survivors. And that's why she went back to the research. And so even if now some women score high in conscientiousness, low in agreeableness, if they've had a lot of developmental trauma, but they all score high in tender mindedness. Every single woman that I test, which means that they have tons of empathy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so some of them score high in agreeableness and low in conscientiousness. They're more, but again, they all score high in tender mindedness. And either way, it's good to know your personality. Right. These are traits that you have. That it's good to understand. Well, it's also good to understand so that you understand and learn to not get into the same situation again, <laughs> you know, because that, that, I did, yeah. by the way, I did. I'm going to be very honest with you. I dated people afterwards where I was like, why am I in this again? And it took me yeah. a few times to fully learn the lesson. And now I'm not. So I'm not, I'm not in that relationship. And so there's... There's something to understanding who you are so that you also understand what you attract and yes. what you actually want versus what that trauma bond is telling you that you yes. want. Yes. And so like if I have a woman that's very high in agreeableness and she's going through a very hostile divorce, I say to her, we're not going to lean into your agreeableness right now. We're going to lean into your conscientiousness, your ability to get things done, to be organized, like so it's really important to understand your personality traits and your attachment pattern too. I don't go into that in my book, but I do suggest that people learn their attachment pattern because you've been so focused on this other person, right? Mm -hmm. They're so all-consuming, as you know, that I always say, turn the mirror back on you. Get curious about you. Yes, 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 yes. So tell me a little bit about your life today. Oh, my life is no, like I, I love, I love, I love, I love stories like yours because it's just so fun to watch people yeah. come out of these difficult situations and to be able to give some hope to other people. Yeah. Besides the fact that you're this incredible therapist now and all of this stuff, how is your life today? Like, you know, what's, you know, why my life is great because I have good relationships. So I'm married for 24 years. It's my second husband. Uh, my daughter is 30. She's a therapist. 
She's amazing. My son's 28. He's a rapper. He's just a doll. Then I have three stepchildren and we have two grandchildren. My daughter had a baby and my stepdaughter had a baby. So we have two grandsons. And you know what? My, you know what my relationships are? Peaceful. Oh, amen, sister. You know, drama-free, sometimes baby boring, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah. So, so um, it's, it's nice. It's, it's very nice. And it hasn't, trust me, it hasn't always been like that. Um, but I've worked hard to just to be strong in who I am and just feel like, um, you know, when I first left Jordan and I went to this clinic and I came back and I didn't know about boundaries. And I said to my daughter, she was five years old. I was like, I'm not going to take it from you. I didn't take it from me, dad. I'm not going to take it from the dog. <laughs> and she was like, I hate boundaries. I hate. And then as she's older, she's like, okay, now I get it. I love boundaries. I'm a therapist. I love boundaries. I love boundaries. And I changed mine. I can, it's a beautiful thing. Like, I just think it's like, it's just such, I, I don't know about you, but I think that my journey coming out of it was the most difficult years of my life and ended up being the most empowering years of my life because I found so much about me that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Right. And, you know, in recovery, as we were talking about in the beginning is very possible, you know, and that's why the whole third section of my book is about healing. And cause we do have complex PTSD symptoms because you've been in a trauma bond, you've experienced relational trauma. Yeah. And when you experience relational trauma, you get complex PTSD. Now everybody gets a different set of symptoms, but there are ways to heal them. And I explain that all in my book because you get, you know, you can feel hopeless. You can feel anxious. You can feel depressed. Um, one of the things that you get when you leave a trauma bond is positive, intrusive flashbacks because you get memories of the love bombing. Yes. That make want to go back and you long for that and that's really a a, a, a symptom that's only a trauma symptom that only comes from a trauma bond and so like you need to be able to recognize oh this is just a positive flashback but it's okay it'll pass you know and then i say go back to facts he was liar cheater blah, blah, blah abusive but there are there are really specific ways to heal from this and possible. And I mean, and, and everybody can do it. So on the other side of this, we have post-traumatic growth. We talked, we started with yeah. that. Give us the definition yeah. of that. And we're going to move from there. Yeah. So post-traumatic growth means that you can make meaning out of your suffering. And that's not toxic positivity because not everybody can, especially initially. But you maybe might become more spiritual you might learn more about yourself right you might be able to have deeper connections because you understand healthy relationships more so there are ways that your life can really improve and you can grow from this um but it's you know it's not healing is not linear like i had a woman today she's like it's been a year already i was like that's not that long it's not that long it's not that long and it takes about two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it takes on, two years. Yeah, it takes about two work. years. 
And I, and I hate, you know, and I, I don't, I, I know that sounds a long time to people, but it just does. And so don't beat yourself up if you don't, if you go take two steps back, that's just the way healing is in general. I yeah. mean, I screw up every day. And then I'm just like, okay, tomorrow's another day, Nadine, let's do a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As we yeah. get older. And that brings me to another piece that's super important is self-compassion. Hmm. Right, Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion. Um, I have a self-compassion meditation and to really speak kindly to yourself as you heal because you were already abused by somebody all the time. Like, don't do it to yourself. That's yeah. Good. Nobody gets better by being mean to themselves. Yeah. So good. So good. So tell us the book title again. Give us where we can find it. Sure. And where everybody can find you and your work, give us your Instagram, all of the socials that people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's taken over our world. I know. I have that my own. wasn't right when I was growing up, but yeah. So the book is called Run Like Hell, a therapist's guide to recognizing, escaping and healing from trauma bonds. And then I'm on Instagram, the real Dr. Nadine and then TikTok. Dr. Nay, N-A-E-L-M-F-T. Um, I think that's really it. I mean, you can, you, you go to my website. Yeah, my website, drnay.com, where I have everything on there and tons of free resources, tons of free assessments to take. Um, like I have the pathological lover checklist, the big five that we talked about, a trauma bond assessment. So tons of resources to help women get out of these things get out run like hell to run, run like hell, hell to run like hell yes. well, this has been an absolute pleasure i am so excited about having this out in the world for everybody to listen to and you are a complete inspiration um thank you for thank you for stepping into this space thank you for really listening to your own intuition and for guiding, for allowing yourself to be guided into the space as well and for helping others through your story, for being that positive light. So I really, truly thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yes. There's a lot of work, but worth it. Well, congratulations. You're doing a great job. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, everyone, grab her book, find her on all the socials, check her out in the website, and then please share this episode with others. That is how we are all ripples for one another and how we continue to guide and to be led, but also to guide others as well, teacher, student, both. So please put it out there, tag Dr. Nay, tag me. We will reshare in our socials and help push yeah. that out into the world that way on our end as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm grateful to have you here. I believe in you, I believe in us, and always will. Life can get hard, but I promise you, on the other side, it's glorious. I'd love to invite you over to sarahsholtonkranz.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to thriver. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review 
review and subscribe, go find it on other platforms such as iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments, and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.